so much. Would you turn with me in your Bibles to Isaiah chapter 55 today? Would you stand with me for the reading of God's Word? God's already put some wonderful pieces together and just uh, themes. He knows what he is doing. I love the plan and the way that he works it out. If you would turn and look at verse, verse 6 and 7 of chapter 55 of the book of Isaiah, the wonderful prophet. He says to us, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake their ways and the unrighteous their thoughts. Let them turn to the Lord. And he will have mercy on them and to our God. For he will freely pardon. Amen? Amen. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your written word, Lord. We thank you for your living word. We thank you for the promises that you give us. We thank you for the encouragement, the hope that you provide in our lives that we so desperately need. We thank you, and we thank you for days like this where we are just reminded, surrounded by our brothers and sisters, and reminded of your great, great love for us. And we give you thanks. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. This is truly a wonderful passage. This is truly a wonderful passage. There we go. We were having some issues. I thought it was back there. My my mic came up. My wife, she, she watches out for me and lets me know. We'll try to keep it there. Is that better? That's much better. Chapter chapter 55 of Isaiah, truly a wonderful chapter. We see that Isaiah is kind of broken up into some separate books, some separate passages. And this is concluding, kind of coming into uh, the ending of what is kind of considered the second book of Isaiah. And the context here, and this invitation to which he gives, is really important for us to understand what he is doing. See, this is told to a people that have been in exile. These are people that have been taken out of their homeland, been put in a different place. For a generation, they were separated. Their lands, their homes, they were all given away, and they were coming back. And you would think, well, that's a wonderful thing, right? You would think that is a fantastic thing. We're going back home. But see, this is difficult because there have been people there. Their homes have already been kind of taken over by others. Their land, whose land is it? Is it that whose land it was or that who has been in it now? We know that there were not a lot of jobs. There were not a lot of other things that were here. Their economy was in a despair. They're coming back, but they know that they are going home. They're in this tension of, we are going back to where we belong, yet it will be difficult. 
we're going back. This passage, like I said, they were in a place where they needed to hear this. And we see from the very beginning of this passage that it talks about hungering and thirsting. And we have a lot of things in our lives that we hunger and thirst for. That we feel voids. That we feel that we need to be satisfied with things that are not always of Him. But we have a God that calls for us. That wants us to have a desire for Him. That wants us to have a desire for the food and the drink that He provides. He wants us to be hungry and He wants us to be thirsty. But more so, He wants to provide what will satisfy that hunger and that thirst for him. If you read with me, starting at verse 1 of chapter 55, it says, Come. I love the invitation that God continually gives us. He is calling people all the time from his disciples to the Old Testament. He is saying, Come. He is a welcoming God. He is a God of hospitality. He is a God that says, I want you to be close to me. He will not force us to be close to him, but he wants nothing more than be in relationship with us for us to come. He calls out, Come, all who are thirsty, come to the waters. And you will have, and you, this is one of the greatest things, if we think spiritual, if we think really what this is standing for, it says, those without money, even those without money, he's saying, come. We do not feel this way in this world, right? We feel like the, the people want us for what we can give them, what we can provide. We don't, we don't really see very often. I just was reminded even yesterday, it's a simple, silly little thing. But you know what? What people do for us is how we understand our value. It is when they give up something that they have to provide something for us that we feel valued. So yesterday, anybody has ever been around Pastor Pat during the Apple Festival bake sale, he keeps something. He keeps a tab. Okay? He keeps a running tab of the things that he pulls off and eats. And someone, we went yesterday to settle up, and someone had paid our tab. First of all, that's a wonderful thing. That's not necessary and beautiful. I love that. Thank you. But does that not make you think of Christ? That it is not that he just gives us something that is free. We know that it costs him, but he does freely give it. He does show, and that shows his value for us when he does that. When people do things, when they give up of themselves, it shows that we have value to them. God says, come, all who are thirsty, because he has water. Even if you have no money, come buy and eat. Well, I cannot buy if I have no money. When you are with the king, you can have whatever you want. Come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money, without cost. Why spend money on what is not bread and your labor on what does not satisfy And he says here, listen, listen. Whenever you see, we've said that before, when you see words repeated, it means he is emphasizing that. It means that it's really important. It means exclamation point. Do this. It's an imperative. Listen to me. And eat what is good. And you will delight in the richest of fare. See, he's saying, don't go spend on that. 
Come, let me feed you. Come to the bread that I give you. It is good. We need this. It is good. Feed on what I provide. Listen, listen to me and eat what is good, and you will delight in the richest of fare. We do not always see, we do not always understand, but it is the richest of fare that he has given us. We get caught up in the circumstance. See, we think, oh, this is not us. I don't want to, I don't want to hear this. I mean, I've got all this stuff going on. I've got these health issues. I've got these things in my life. I've got these broken relationships. I have these, God, what you have for me, it sure doesn't seem to be that good. Anybody want to admit to that? But who's he talking to? He's talking to people that had everything taken from them. And he's saying, I know you are hungry. I will have you delight in really what is good. When you come to me, I will give you what you need. He says, give ear and come to me. Listen that you may live. Then we have some of just the the beautiful theme that goes through the Old Testament and into the New Testament that is really realized in the person of Jesus Christ. He says, I will make, we've sang about this already, I will make with, I want you to understanding that we are a part of this you. They were a part of it, we were a part of it. I will make with you an everlasting covenant with you. I will make an everlasting covenant with you. See, he says, my faithful love promised to David. We've seen this covenantal language, this covenantal love, this chesed that God has. That's a word that is really more than we could ever really understand of how much he loves us, that he has committed to us, that he has promised for us, that he is going to fulfill and be the fulfillment of everything that we could ever need, that he will be our ultimate satisfaction. See, he's already done this. He's already made this covenantal promise to Abraham. He's, guess what? He's done it with Noah. He's done it with Moses. He does it with us, and he does it with David. We have these covenants that he comes, and he is always faithful. Unfortunately, we are not always faithful, but he comes back, and he gives us time and time and time again. He is a forgiving God in the Old Testament, just as he is a forgiving God in the New Testament. See, I have made him a witness to the peoples. Speaking of David, I will make an everlasting covenant with you, my faithful love promised to David. He says, my love that I gave to him, my commitment, my covenant that I gave with him, I give to you now. I will feed you. I will provide for you. I will will do all that needs to be done if you're willing to be in covenant with me. It was never him that failed in the covenant. We see the marriage, the reason that he uses marriage throughout these scriptures, throughout this book for this, is that that is the relationship that we are in the church, and the bridegroom and the bride, they come together. How would it be, we've talked about it before, but how would it be if we had a marriage that they came up, and they bring a covenant, and they make a covenant with one another, but only one ever keeps it? So we, when we enter, accept that covenant with him. We love the promise. We love the provision. But we have a part in that too, to keep our covenant, to follow, to listen, to feed from him. See, I've made him a witness to the people, a ruler and commander of the people. Surely you will summon nations you know not. 
well, what's he talking about here? You see, not only is he talking to these that have gone through this, but even the chapters before in Isaiah 54 and others, he's written to the bare and the desolate and the abandoned. We see that there's remnants in, in Luke and Matthew later in. We see all of these themes of hunger. That he will fill us. He sends the rich away empty, but he fills the poor. He fills those with no money. He fills those that are poor in spirit with something much greater. He invites us to wells of water. He invites us to rivers that flow constantly, that overflow with his spirit. But will you accept that? Will you hear his invitation to you? Not just one time, but constantly. Will you hear his invitation to come, to listen? We see this language over and over here. Come and listen. We see, even later here, we'll see him say, Seek. Are you seeking God today? If you get nothing else, listen to that. Are you seeking him on Sunday morning at the beginning of worship to see if he shows up? Or are you seeking him throughout every day of your life? Are you seeking him with all of your heart, with all of your mind, with all of your soul, and with all of your strength that you may come to know him better? Are you seeking him out in a way that you have made this covenant that you're giving and taking, listening, and entering into this that will make you stronger, will make you more filled with his his provision. This is not a condemnation of the rich. But it's against those that will not respond to the invitation. That includes more than just the rich. It includes the rebellious. If you are rebellious, you must ask why. Normally we're rebellious because we don't trust those that are, are above us, right? We're rebellious when we don't have trust, belief, and knowledge that they have our best interest at heart. We don't trust when we don't feel valued. But we have a God that is already paid, already bought, has already shown the great value that he places on you and I. We don't have to worry about Submitting. We don't need to be in rebellion to him. We need to have hearts not that are in rebellion, but that actually align with his word, his truth, his promise, and his goodness for us. We need to be aligned with that covenantal love that has said with our Father. See, for those that are too busy or have conflicting priorities, God says, Fine, go ahead. Now, it hurts his heart, but he says, if you have other priorities, if you're putting me second, third, fourth, fifth, that's okay. I will let you go here or there instead, but know that I will continually call you, that I will continually welcome you, but I will not force you. Just because everyone can attend doesn't mean they will. We see some wonderful New Testament stories of banquet that they invite, but so often those that feel they have enough, that feel that they can provide for themselves, they do not come. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. 
There's an end point to that. There's language here. While he can be found, while he was near, there will be a time that there will no longer be that option. Let the wicked forsake their ways and the unrighteous their thoughts. Let them turn to the Lord and he will have mercy on them and to our God, for he will freely pardon. Then we get to those scripture that we hear all the time. We have people come up with this is wonderful language here because it really needs to, who needs to be put in their place every once in a while? Okay, who's married? You know that you're going to need to raise your hand. Every once in a while, we, get, we need to understand our position. We need to understand that it might be more than just about us. We hear God's voice through Isaiah here. It says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Now, that's not just to say that we cannot understand God. We cannot fully understand but God, you know, but He has given us a lot of words, a lot of people, a lot of prophets. He's given us a lot of things that, so we may know Him. He is not saying, don't try to get to know me, because He says, come. He says, seek. All of these things are about that relationship. He does. He says, but you cannot put too much into just intellectualizing that and saying, I can know Him. He says, no. Just know that I have good for you. Just know that I am able. Just know that I want to speak to you. Just know that I will lead you. I will guide you. I will bring you into a place with milk and flowing with milk and honey, right? This is a God that has good for you. Forget the earthly ways. That's what we're hearing here. He says, no, my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are my ways your ways. No, he says, I know better than you. He is putting us in our place. Thank God that he does. Because if we were to rely upon our own intellect, if we were to rely upon our own ways, if we were to rely upon the worldly ways to define success, define victory, to define relationships, we will fail. We will be lost. We will not be with him. That passage says, trust me. Do you trust him? I know we say we do. I hear it. But I'll tell you, sometimes when we go and it gets down to it, that trust seems to shake a little bit, right? It just kind of starts to give way under us. Our foundation may not be as firm as we think because it's not in him. It is in ourselves because guess what? Maybe we haven't needed him before. Maybe we have provided. We think that our provision comes from our job. We think that it comes from our own intelligence. It thinks it comes from the decisions we've made. But no, our decision to follow him is what has brought about good. As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish, so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater. So is my word that goes out from my mouth. This is one. So it will not return Void. It will not return empty. So is my word that goes out from my mouth. If I could summarize, translate this into uh, maybe a little bit easier language. Didn't I say so? Do you not believe? 
have I not told you? We have a God that repeats, that tells us he wants us to know. He wants us to know that he's not speaking. Any ever parents feel like they're just speaking over and over and over again and that they're not hearing? That our Father understands that and can relate to that very well. My word that goes out from my mouth, it will not return to me empty. People will hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. People will respond when we are the light of the world. But it will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. His word, Jesus Christ, his word, his scripture will achieve the goal that it will provide. Salvation, it will provide life everlasting. It will provide an everlasting covenant with the creator of the universe. He has put this plan together. There is not a covenant that is lost. His covenant is still there. And he says here that you may pick it up at any time. The same covenant that I had with Abraham, the same covenant that I have with Noah, the same covenant that I have with Moses, the same covenant that I have with David is here for you. If you would just pick it up, there is no covenant lost with our God. He fulfills his promise to us. If we will just go into, enter into with him, and then it says, guess what? You will go out in joy and be led forth in peace. The hills and the mountains will burst out in song before you, and all the trees of the field will clap their hands. Instead of the thorn bush will grow the juniper, and instead of briars the myrtle will grow. This will be for the Lord's renown, for an everlasting sign that will endure forever. I was reading and uh, came to uh, a story of the pastor that that I that I listened to some and we have different theological backgrounds but uh, he just puts things in ways that that make it uh, good for me and he thinks and he talks about that trust and he put it into an illustration that says imagine that you are on this cliff imagine on this side and that your footing is poor and that your footing falls but there is a tree next to you now, you can understand and you can know that this tree is strong, it has good roots, that if I grab a hold of it, I will not fall. You can know that the knowledge is not enough, right? The knowledge is not, I must come, I must seek, I must grab hold, I must cling to that which has a firm foundation, or I shall still fall even if I know. So he says, I grab a hold of that tree and it will save me. It is strong enough to support my weight. It is strong enough. You see, he talks about it and put it this way. It is not the strength of your faith, but the object of your faith that actually saves you. This is from Tim Keller. I love that statement. It is not the strength of your faith, but the object of your faith that actually saves you. Strong faith in a weak branch is fatally inferior to a weak faith in a strong branch. Now see, that should bring hope. That should bring some joy because guess what? We will have doubts. We will waver. We will start to shake. We will become anxious. 
our faith or the foundation of our foundation, if it is in us, will crumble and fall, will be sinking sand. But when we understand that our strength, even if our faith wavers, is found in Jesus Christ and His salvation and in His faithfulness, we can stand firm. We can stand strong even through those difficult times even though we have come back out of exile and we know not where we will live we know not where we will eat that he will provide not only will he save but he will provide he will provide bread he will provide water he is good to us isaiah 59 a little further you don't have to turn this as surely the arm of the lord is not too short to save nor his ear too dull to hear. But your inequities have separated you from your God. Your sins have hidden his face from, from you so that he will not hear. It is not that he has ever changed. He is the same God. His promise is the same. His covenant is the same. We have separated ourselves through our sin from him. But guess what? He will still hear if we speak. He will still grab hold if we cling to him our pride and our stubbornness can be overwhelming right yet he remains maybe we had faith at one time but maybe it has been shaken or become more faint more distant less important in our lives yet he remains he still calls you he is still willing, still faithful. Until he comes again, that invitation remains strong, complete, and remains a promise for you. He makes a banquet available to you. My question today, I'm going to invite those that are serving today to come forward at this time. We do this once a month. Many churches do it once every week. Some do it just a few times a year. But we never want to make this something that is repetition, right? This is something that is powerful in our lives. This is the reminder that we come back to a table, that his relationship, his faithfulness is there, that we come, that we eat with him, that he gives us the bread. He gives us the wine. He is with us. He remains I tell you, there's not a day go by as hopefully that any of us don't feel his presence, the, the feel him speaking, the feel his guidance and correction at times. My question for us today is, are you hungry and are you thirsty? Because guess what? The answer is yes, you are. The question that we really have is, what are you hungry and what are you thirsty for? Because you will go out there and you will seek it or you will come here and you will seek him, the one that is our firm foundation, the one that is able to save, the one that we may cling to, that the object of this today, the object of our faith is what saves us. The object of our faith is what we meet with. He becomes every day, every week, every month, every year. He becomes remains faithful to us in his promise his promise in his covenant
It is not because of our money. It's not because of our position. And thankfully, it's not of our disposition that he comes to us. It is because of his power, his glory, his position. And thankfully for us, his disposition towards us that makes that so good. So we're going to ask, will you respond today? When we serve, when we take this, and we're going to ask you to come forward in just a little bit after we pray. Before you come up, just take a moment. Say, God, do I hunger and do I thirst? Those are big, strong, powerful words. Those aren't, you know what, I I think I could use something. You know, yeah, you offer me a drink. Yeah, I'd rather have a drink than not have a drink. No, this is someone that has been walking for months back home through the dry deserts not knowing what they're coming to not having had enough provision in their car that they are truly hungry they are truly thirsty i tell you if you have not sought him if you do not continually seek him you will become thirsty but you are going to make a choice if you are going to hunger and thirst for the things of the world or the things of him let's pray dearly father lord we thank you today we thank you for all that you've done lord these centuries have gone past lord and you have not wavered you have not changed your covenant has not been lost so we pray that we as a collective your body lord of the church of jesus christ lord we pray that we as individuals as your sons and your daughters and your heirs lord that we recognize that we hunger and thirst after you that we continually dip from the well that is living water that we trust you that you are our firm foundation not thinking that we can do it on our own let that be our heart let us align with you let our hearts and our mind be clear today that when we come that we participate that we come to your table that we take and partake of this meal with you lord that this is the essence of who we have become in christ that you feed us that you bring us to a new place that you bring us home that we would no longer be in exile but we have a future home an eternal home with you where we will continually eat and drink of all that is good and all that is you we thank you for these words lord we thank you for the hope that we find even amid among dark times You are faithful, God, and we give you thanks. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. I'm going to ask you to take this, and when they uh, are up front, I'm going to ask you to take that moment, and then when you feel, come, take the cup, take the bread, go back to your seats, and hold on, we will partake of it together. But would you come just now?
remind everyone that you don't have to be a part of this church, this denomination. We have an open table, all that call him Lord, all that have come and asked him to forgive of their sins are welcome to partake in this meal together. But if you do not know him, this is a wonderful time that if you would accept all that he has done for you, knowing that you have fallen short. But if you ask, you will receive forgiveness. If you will confess, you will be forgiven. But then you may come and you want to partake with us. And on the very same night that Jesus was betrayed, after giving thanks, he took the bread and he broke it. He said, this is my body broken for you. And in the same way, he took the cup. This is the cup of the new covenant in my blood that I've shed for you. He says, take and taste, take and drink. We ask him today to forgive us all of our sins, known and unknown. That where we have fallen short, He is enough. That in our day, when we become frustrated, when our disposition is not of God, we think back to these times and say, He is provided. He is enough. I am aligned with Him. He is my righteousness. And we thank Him. Would you take this just now? His blood shed for you. Would you take and drink? Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you that we can come to the table, that we fellowship with you and one another. Every brother and sister across this world, Lord, we come to the table. We recognize our position. that you have made a place at the table for us. 
that you have brought us out and freely given at a high cost to you our salvation. You have called us into something, but you have also called us out of this world. We love you this day. We love the freedom that you have provided. We were captives, but now we are free. Our chains have fallen off. Our hearts are overflowing with the joy of the Lord. We have a hope that is found in you. And we say thank you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. By the musicians at this time. As they come, would you stand? Would you see these words? Will you see the, he puts these things together. Would you sing with the right heart? I know we have chicken and noodles. We have another meal in front of us, right? I know that we have that. I know that we are tired from a long weekend. But guess what? We are beginning a week with our Lord and Savior. We are beginning a, a week with our God and our Father. We are serving. We are praising. We are standing together united in His truth and in His love. I tell you, this is how we start every week, right? We need him. We have sung that we need him. Amen. Oh 
Your 
feel each time we come that we are filled, renewed, covered in his glory, covered in his mercy, covered in his grace. Let us hunger and thirst for the right things, and he will continue to feed. He will continue to bring drink. If you'd have known what I was preaching, I don't, there's no way you could have picked a better song today. Everything in our lives he puts together perfectly if we recognize and follow. Remember what we said earlier. People don't invest and pay for and give over to your debts unless they see your value. You are valued by the one that matters. Forgetting this world and what they value. You are valued by the God of all creation. You are seen as the heirs of his glory. You are loved more precious than gold, silver, rubies, or diamonds. You are what he values most. That's enough for us, right? That feeds us. Seek him. He has called you. He has called me. Seek him with all your mind, with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your strength. For he has good for you. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, go with us this week, Lord, as we leave this place. Let our joy be seen. Let our light that is reflecting from your face, Lord, be seen by this world. Let us continue to dip from your well. Let us continue to be baptized in your water. Let us continue to be fed by the bread of life. We love you, God. Continue your wonderful work within us. Continue to put the pieces in your plan together for our homes, our families, our community, our schools, this country, this world, for it is yours. And may it all be for your glory. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Go in peace. We're so happy that you've chosen to listen to our sermon today on the platform of your choice. We at Cory Community Church, the Nazarene, continue to honor our calling to be kingdom people. We rely upon the gift of the fellowship and community to equip each other to fulfill our mission of reflecting the love of Christ to all of those that God has placed within our lives. We welcome you to join us on Sundays at 1030 a.m. in Cory, Indiana, just south of State Road 46. God bless.